Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious ultra low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving. Plus, high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O Hello, everybody. My name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we're going to be talking about Tim Keller and... His final gift to the church, so it seems, and that is biblical critical theory, which is this concept that I'd already did a video on when Tim Keller touted it earlier this year. And I, I've done quite a few videos on Tim Keller this year, but it's been a long while. But we do have some new developments on the front. Uh, specifically, Tim Keller has written a foreword of a book positing. Uh, biblical critical theory, which at the time when I first covered this issue, it was really just a glorified third wayism. He's just putting another name on third wayism, and perhaps that's still what it is, but we are seeing Tim Keller start to flesh out the idea more, and we're going to dive right on into that in this article. But don't forget to like the video and also subscribe to the channel if you are new. And if you really want to support Evangelical Dark Web, head on over to evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. It's a Patreon-like system over there. And we don't use Patreon because they censor. So this is an article that Tim Keller wrote yesterday. Uh, it begins off like this. Like many others, I've read various forms of critical theory for decades. However, only in the last couple of years, that term under the heading critical race theory has burst into popular consciousness. What should Christian attitudes towards it be? On one hand, many denounce it as evil and toxic and say it should be shunned like a virus. On the other hand, some say... Let's learn from it, but not swallow it whole. In biblical theory, how the Bible's unfolding, make, unfolding story makes sense of modern life and culture, Chris Watkin diagonalizes these alternatives, taking an approach that doesn't ignore the concerns of either, but that's more radical than both. And this is a reference to a Zondervan book um, about, you know, uh, this book right here uh, with the foreword by Timothy Keller. So Tim Keller wrote the foreword for it. And he has a YouTube video, but we're not going to watch the YouTube video because it's slow, repetitive, and uh, stuff like that. But this is a good summary of it right here in the uh, description. Critical theory, uh, summary of his ideas that I should say, is a different is different from biblical theory. A critical theory does three things. One, it makes certain things valuable. Viable, sorry. That's the first one is viable. Third one is valuable. It shows you how to look at the world in a certain way. Number two, it makes things visible. It draws your attention to certain aspects of society or ways of behaving. And number three, it makes certain things valuable. It teaches you what to desire, what to praise, and what to condemn. I don't know why we need to develop a sociological framework in the church 
to help us with these two three things we don't really need that and that's one of the biggest problems that i'm seeing in this article is we don't need this sociological framework we don't need it uh so what is critical theory so this is tim keller's own words now not chris watkin Critical theory aims to make visible the deep structures of a culture in order to expose and change them. So, you know, sociology. Watkin, as a scholar of modern European thought and languages, is thoroughly acquainted with the various forms of critical theory that have arisen over the past century. Most of them are based directly or indirectly on forms of Marxist analysis. Since the middle of the 20th century, and especially since the 1990s, a host of high theories in this tradition, literary theory, feminist theory, critical race theory, queer theory, have sought to unmask and undermine the oppressive structures of Western society. So, as you can see in that excerpt there, Tim Keller readily admits that critical theory has its roots in Marxism. He's pretty readily admitting that. But he still thinks he can save the baby and only throw away the bathwater here. And I, I think that's a fool's errand. But the term critical theory has an older, more basic meaning. It it means not just accepting what a culture says but about itself, but also seeing what's really going on beneath the surface. I don't really see how that's true. Every culture deploys multiple patterns, narratives, pictures, and images, vocabulary, and or, to create a world or worldview or social imagery. Im, 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 imaginary. It's a weird way to put it. Uh, but the Bible has its own narratives, images, and patterns that enable us to analyze any culture at the deepest level and to both critique and appreciate it, while at the same time preventing us from being captured and co-opted by it. Now, does the Bible permit us to critique, uh, not critique, but to appreciate any culture? Because I don't think every culture even has an ounce of things worth appreci appreciating. Uh, we can look at monkeypox culture as an example of a culture that has nothing worthy of appreciation, Yet, you would have a lot of people in the side B camp that do believe that we should that there are aspects of this culture that we should appreciate. And I just wholly disagree with that. Uh, let's see. A, a biblical critical theory, therefore, can and should be developed and used by Christians living and ministering anywhere in the world. And it must first expose the main flaws in the dominant culture's narratives, showing how they neither fit human nature nor our most profound institutions about intuitions about life, let alone the culture has moral ideas and aspirations. Um, as Watkin points out, this, is, this was the approach of Augustine, uh, and how he took in the comp incomparable city of God. So he, did, he wants to say that this is similar to the city of God, but not exactly the same. Uh, then Christianity must point to the beauty and truth of the gospel as the source of numerous fulfilling counter-narratives. Can we have biblical critical theory? The 
contention of biblical critical theory is that there's a critical theory in the Bible itself. Chris Watkin travels through scripture from start to finish, giving us the outlines of a Christian social theory. I'm especially pleased that Watkin, while exhibiting an extraordinary breadth of learning and reading, wrote this book not only for academic press or audience, but also for educated laypersons and Christian leaders. Certainly, I believe that academics, particularly Christian ones, have a responsibility to build on this and speak to peers in their own fields. And I just want to take a moment to highlight some of the details of this book. It has a 672-page count, which makes it cumbersome. Like, that is a long book. You know, the book I'm working on isn't nearly as long. Uh, it has around 52,000 words. And I'm not sure what that translates into page counts. I guess around 200, depending on margin. But that that is incredibly long. And to me, it seems like it's incredibly long because it's not thoroughly well thought out. Or, or if we want to look at the table of contents... It seems like it needs to read uh, this theory into all sorts of parts of scripture. That's just an observation. <clears throat> but it sounds like there's going to be a lot of eisegesis with this. You're reading a social theory into the Bible, uh, not actually getting it from the Bible. That's why no one's come up with this in 2,000 years. So... It, this just reeks of eisegesis. This book hasn't come out yet, by the way. But it reeks of eisegesis. Um, however, I think preachers, especially younger ones in more secular and pluralistic environments, will benefit enormously from this material because the book moves diachronically glad I pronounced that correctly, along the storyline of the Bible. It's easy for preachers and teachers who are speaking on particular doctrines to find a trenchant or to find trenchant applications to social and cultural issues of our day. One last thing to note. For the past several years, I've called for Christian high theory. And what Chris Walken is working on in this book is exactly what I had in mind. He prefers to call it a biblical critical theory, and he convinced me to adopt his terminology. His reasons for it are good. Number one, we shouldn't build our critical theory from a theology in general, but in direct contact with the Bible. That just sounds a lot better than it actually does. Like That sounds profound, but it's really not. Because, again, what are theologies built on? They're built on the Bible. So he's trying to make it seem like we're not using theology to construct this. This is directly from the Word. But it's not a profound statement. Number two, our stance towards the culture must take into consideration every major turn in the biblical redemptive story. Not just focusing on one part, which many denominations and Christian traditions tend to do. Like, what exactly is he talking about there? Because he just kind of, he, he drops that. He accuses many denominations and Christian traditions of focusing on one part of the Bible's redemptive story. But which part? 
Using the term biblical helps us to keep the goal in mind. What nonsense is that? Uh, I'll, I'll read the last sentence and then I'll comment on that. My prayer is that biblical critical theory will bear much intellectual and spiritual fruit in the lives of many, in many lives over the decades ahead. So let, let's look at that second to last sentence. Using the term biblical helps us to keep this goal in mind. That is called hitching the Bible to a sociological theory. That's what that's called. Attaching biblical to something doesn't make it biblical. It doesn't mean that it's aspirationally biblical or that it's trying to be biblical. That's not what that means. You can try to, uh, you know, say that, but that's not that, That's not how that works. Just like all the people that, you know, this is kind of like when John Piper says that no one's teaching critical race theory in the church because critical race theory is materialist. And if you're not an atheist, is basically his argument, you can't be a critical race theorist. That's basically John Piper's argument on critical race theory. And this is somewhat similar in that, it, you know, as long as we attach the word biblical to it, as long as we hitch it to Christianity, it's okay. It's not the same thing anymore. But... Again, at the end of the day, we cannot uh, separate critical theory from the Marxism that critical theory developed from. And Tim Keller is honest enough to admit that there's a lot of Marxist and Marxism behind critical theory in the Frankfurt School. Even in the video with Chris Watkin, he mentions the Frankfurt School as being one of the pioneers of critical theory if not the main pioneer of critical theory. And they try, they're try they trying to co-opt that, take the good out of it, of which there is no good out of it, and apply it into the Bible. And they can say that they're trying to, you know, use the Bible to come up with this theory, but that's clearly not the process here. That's why they have to write a 700, nearly 700-page 700 book is because they're reading it into scripture. They're using the, they're developing a theory based off, you know, their hypothesis about scripture. This is just not how this works. That's not how exegesis works. This is eisegesis. And then my prayer is that biblical critical theory will bear much intellectual and spiritual fruit in many lives over the decades ahead. What does this resemble? And I, I think, again, uh, Tim Keller is on his final years. And I, I'm not saying that celebratorily. I'm just saying that matter-of-factly. In the same way that John, Mac John MacArthur is not going to be with us that much longer. And John Piper is not going to be with us that much longer. This kind of, uh, I don't want to say triumvirate, but yeah, let, let's use the word triumvirate of pastors aren't going to be with us much longer. I mean, R.C. Sproul's has already passed on. And... You know, a lot. So, and there's a generation of prominent pastors that, you know, are going to pass on, and then the next ones will take their place. So, with that said, Tim Keller, I think, has this in mind. He has legacy in mind because, you know, he's a, a man who's not of great health, but I do believe his cancer is in a remission of some sort. Uh, and,. To me, I think the more Tim Keller senses his mortality, the more he takes off the sheep's clothing. I do believe Tim Keller is a false teacher. I think there's ample evidence that he is a false teacher. He is someone that's tried to 
get the church to adopt so much nonsense. Let's think of theistic evolution is definitely the most obvious nonsense he's tried to get the church to adopt. He also is uh, a big believer in Francis Collins, who is a mass murderer, um, who funded a certain uh, program in a Wuhan lab. That Francis Collins, and he compared him to Daniel earlier this year. So that's just a little bit about Tim Keller. Otherwise, he's been a Marxist the entire time. Like, this is not someone who's going along with the bandwagon. This is the guy who has been leading the bandwagon. And then we can look at his influence on the issue of sexuality, and um, it's, not a, it's not a good influence. And I'll be coming out with more material on how the Gospel Coalition has uh, contributed to uh, side B theology and stuff like that. But anyway, that's just a note about who Tim Keller is. He's definitely thinking about his legacy uh, because he's talking about the lot, uh, creating a sociological framework for the church in the decades to come, in the decades ahead. And this is just the same old, same old. This is third wayism. At least it was when the last time we talked about Tim Keller and, and biblical critical theory. But at the end of the day, I don't think you're going to be able to take all the Marxist premises out of it. And they're just going to try to save the baby with the bathwater. But uh, there, there really isn't going to be uh, any... There's nothing redemptive about critical theory. There's nothing useful about it. Because it can't help you identify solutions. And it can't help you identify problems. Everything's racist according to critical race theory. Everything's sexist according to the feminist theory. So there is no real meaning to gather or glean from it. It's not good at identifying problems, and it can't identify solutions because it's a, it's a secular, worldly ideology. So the fact that you want to take that mentality and apply it to the Bible and then put a biblical label on it, it's nonsense. It's not going to catch on, and we're going to see to it that it doesn't. So... If you like this kind of content, subscribe to the channel if you are new. And don't forget to drop a like button uh, to help out the magical YouTube algorithms. Don't forget to check out evangelicaldarkweb.org. News updates every day. Not everything makes it to a video. But this article or this article certainly did. And uh, again, there's a lot more content. And again, evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. You get even more content. Have a blessed day, and I will catch you on the next one.